Alright guys, welcome to Don't Tread on America. I'm your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? Coming to you from the DTOM Studios in the free state of Florida. Brought to you by RedCon1.com. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Sunday, April 10th, 2022. So, <clears throat> I'm going to jump right into the show. I don't have... A bunch of time to bullshit around because I want to get touch on a few things from our last show and uh, let you guys know where I've been for the last week. I've been in jail. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. So, uh, a couple of things. Um, didn't do a show since last uh, Friday, April 1st, where if you guys uh, listen to that show, you know that we got pretty much hammered that day. Uh, it was a good four hours. I mean, the show was three hours long, but it was probably about four hours of drinking. And I want to start off by saying this. Me and Chris were talking this morning at the gym. And uh, he'll probably tell you guys this also when we do our next show together, um, probably this Friday. Uh, <laughs> we got a little out of control. We, we apologize. Uh, I think f- from this point forward, going forward with uh, shows, the D- with the DTOM file series, uh, we're probably going to... I don't want to say we're not going to drink because I don't want to lie to you guys. But we're definitely not going to get inebriated. Last week uh, was was rough. I mean, we drank. I, I honestly don't know what was going on with Chris. Um, he he probably I would want to believe that he's got a, a higher tolerance for alcohol than I do. Um, especially when it comes to liquor, because I really don't drink a lot of it, or I hadn't. You know, I'm usually more of a beer guy. I have have of late become more of a whiskey connoisseur but nonetheless um if, if you guys listen to that whole show especially into the second you know the second hour you know past the second hour you could tell chris was getting was getting rough he was getting i mean we were both kind of messing up our words but you could hear it in his voice and in his speech uh the next day i talked to him because let me let me give you a little behind the scenes uh situation here when um when I stopped recording on that on that day, he uh, <laughs> he got up from the from the table here and was walking down the hallway, bumping. He was basically a ping pong ball down my hallway, and I was like, "Bro, have a seat." You know, I texted his wife. I said, "Look, <laughs> Chris is in rough shape. You're gonna have to come get him. There's no way in hell I'm letting him drive out of here." I mean, we've ha- we've done these shows where, where we've drank two, three, four drinks before. And, or have had five, six beers before. And he's been fine. He was, if you guys listen to the whole show, you you know he was he was in rough shape. We do apologize for that. In all honesty, like I said, that was our uh, fourth, what did we do? JFK, RFK, MK Ultra, right? That was our fourth show of the DTOM Files. And we, we drank on every show. And that was the worst. I I mean, I've known Chris for a while. We've hung out for a long time. And that's the worst I've ever seen him. And we drank the exact same amount of, of stuff. And and we ate the same food. You know, I got chicken tenders and whatnot from Publix. And he didn't drink any more or any less than I did. And I'm not saying I was perfectly capable. It's not like I was going to go drive anywhere. I wasn't going to take him home because that shit wasn't happening either. But he was in rough shape. Needless to say, he... Uh, he painted the toilet <laughs> shortly after the show. Uh, but um, 
and his wife came and got him. He got home safe, and everything's hunky-dory. Now, um, like I said, so going forward, we're, we're probably looking at completing <laughs> that show uh, this week because we were talking to these guys. I got so much stuff that I didn't get to, and I'm like, you know, so I listened to the whole show today, and I was like, wow, it, it really got off the tracks during that second hour. Or I'm the second into the third, you know, that last hour of the show was, it was rough. And, uh, we do apologize for that. And like I said, going forward, we're going to try and limit our alcohol intake. Here's the deal. Me and Chris work the same job and it's, it's not really a physical job per se. It's probably more physical than, you know, than most jobs. It's not physical. Like we're, you know, roofing houses or building houses and carrying bricks around and stuff like that. But we're kind of, you're constantly moving it is a stressful job with what we have to deal with on a daily basis. Um, the The physicality of the job isn't such a big deal to either one of us. But the mental stress of what we do does take a toll. And we get off of work. We start work at midnight. You know, so by the time we're done work, it's, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we might record the show at 11 o'clock in the morning and we're getting and we're drinking. And you might think, damn, these motherfuckers are drinking 11 o'clock in the morning. Okay, we work 10 hours. You know what I'm saying? It's not like we got up at 10 and started drinking at 11. So it's no different than most people getting off at 5 o'clock or whatever time and, and having a drink. It just happened to be 11 o'clock in the morning. But I think the underlying issues was Chris was telling me the next day that he wasn't feeling that well that morning uh, at work. But... um. And I guess the alcohol must have just, you know, made it worse than it, you know, than he was, was feeling. So, but nonetheless, so like I said, don't, don't not listen to our upcoming DTOM file shows thinking that we're going to be a drunken mess. If you look, listen to the first three that we did, we didn't get out of control. It was just a situation where I think the alcohol, if he wasn't feeling well, if he had a stomach bug or whatever it was, not trying to make excuses, but nonetheless. And as far as the reason there hasn't been a show since then is I was on vacation last week. <laughs> My intentions were to was to do a show on Sunday because we flew out mon- early Monday morning. But you see what happened was <laughs> it was a rough couple of days for me. So we actually recorded the DTOM files on Thursday. I released it on Friday. But um, we actually recorded it on Thursday. And uh, on Friday the 1st, uh, you know, we both had to work. I had to work. And uh, my son got married this past weekend on the on the 2nd. So the 1st, uh, we had rehearsal. And then 2nd was the wedding. And uh, not for nothing, I, for those of you that know or that you don't know, I am an ordained minister. And my whole purpose for getting ordained was for that moment right there. I uh, When my son told me and my wife, oh, you know, we're going to get married. I was like, cool, that's great. So that means I get to be your best man. Because me and my son are pretty close. For those of you that personally know me, know that. Um, but um, he's like, well, no, I'm going to have my, you know, my buddy Lewis do it. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I'll just marry. I'll, I'll get ordained as a minister and marry you guys. And they were like, both kind of chuckled at the idea. You know, I've told this story before. I got ordained. I'm an ordained minister. I've already performed. That's my was my second uh, ceremony. I did my uh, my stepdaughter and her husband's wedding back in October, I think it was, and um, and then did my son's this past weekend. Nonetheless, 
Friday, the first, we had rehearsals. Second was the wedding, which the drinking continued Friday and Saturday. Didn't get home late from the from the wedding until, I don't even know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Sunday morning. And then uh, I, we, we just had a lot of shit to do, packing and whatnot, because we had, like I said, we had to fly out Monday morning. And then we went to Texas, went to San Antonio. Um, it was a real nice area. And I will say this about that. It doesn't seem that anywhere you go in this country, like we sit here and complain about things in Florida, whatever that those things are, sh- uh, staff shortages, gas prices, um, people not wanting to work, people not wanting to do their job that do have a job. It's everywhere. I can sit here and bitch and complain about what I have to deal with when I go to the restaurant. And I'm here to tell you just for the fact that we went to Texas, we went to San Antonio, and then we were there. For one day, we drove up to Waco because she wanted to go see the Magnolia, whatever people. And, you know, it's it, it's a, the whole country is a clusterfuck. And it, and it further exacerbated that situation when our flight got canceled home. <laughs> so we were supposed to fly back Thursday afternoon. Or, you know, we should have been home Thursday afternoon, I should say. And uh, our flight got canceled. So we didn't end up getting home until Monday, or I'm sorry, Friday morning. Um, so, you know, tired, had shit to do, had to get laundry done, had to, you know, just a bunch of crap. So not to make excuses, but that's why there was no show this past week. So I, my apologies, but we're starting fresh today, April 8th, right? Um, no, I'm sorry, April 10th. I don't know why I have April 8th up there. But nonetheless, April 10th, um, Oh, I know I have April 8th because this was going to be my show for Friday, but just didn't have time, April 10th. Um, so, anywho, plans going forward is show here today, Sunday. I'll do a show Wednesday. And then uh, we're probably going to continue, finish up our moon conspiracy theory talk on Friday. Uh, I don't know how long that show will go, if it'll be whatever he wants to talk about. If we're going to go into another situation, it might be a shorter DTOM files. We have other things that we want to talk about going forward, but I don't know that we want to mix them up into the finishing up the moon landing thing. But we'll see where the day takes us. I will say this. We will not be drunk. <laughs> All right. So on today's show, what I'm trying to do, and I've told you this on shows in the past, recent past, I'm trying to stay away from Russia, Ukraine, because it's the same old shit. You know, it's a, it's basically a giant foobar of he said, she said, for lack of a better explanation. You had the thing this past week. I, I didn't, to be honest with you, I didn't really listen to any other podcasts. I didn't watch a whole hell of a lot of news. I was just trying to enjoy vacation, right, which we all try to do that. And um, I did catch a few things here and there. And the one thing I caught was the, I, I can't recall what day it was, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day it was, where the the Russians supposedly had bombed a train station, killing however many people, women, children, whatever. Um, and I'm, trying, I'm not trying to dismiss what happened. What I'm trying to figure out is what happened. Okay, the obvious is the train station was bombed. Right, I, I would assume there's no dispute in that, but now you have a situation where Russia is saying, "Look, we didn't have nothing to do that." Now, granted, 
Of course they're going to say they didn't do that, right? Because war crimes, blah, blah, blah. I, I get that. I get the argument on both sides. Um, I think Russia in this whole situation, it's not like uh, ISIS or uh, the Taliban or whatever. When they do something, when they bomb a, you know, a cafe, you know, cafe or whatever they do, they claim responsibility in the name of Allah, you know, ISIS, blah, 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 whatever. I, so therefore, I would I could see Russia not claiming responsibility for that because obviously that makes them look bad. But it's pretty obvious shit's going on in that country, right? I would hate to think I would I'm trying to see how I want to put this. <laughs> I wish I had never happened. Period. God, you don't want to see anybody lose their lives. This whole situation shouldn't be happening. Why it's happening, still in my my personal opinion, remains to be seen. I don't know. I mean, other than the obvious, and what I mean by that is what we're being told on the news, no matter what channel you watch, we are being told Russia invaded Ukraine, Zelensky good, Putin bad, war crimes, blah, blah, blah. But then on the flip side, you'll see stuff where the uh, Ukrainian soldiers are shooting Russian POWs in the knees, or they're doing this, or they're doing that. And I, I know I'm really flip-flopping here, but you can make the argument, okay, well, these soldiers are pissed because they're, you know, the, the Russian soldiers are burning swastikas and raping children and doing this, that, and the other thing. It's to the point where you really don't know what the hell is true. Um, I still kind of hold on to my, my belief in a small part of it is this, the fact that Russia hasn't tried to take over the whole country. They're just taking over the eastern portion of the country, which predominantly is, is, is a disputed part of the country. And a lot of the individuals in that area of Ukraine are of Nazi descent. And what I mean by that is they had grandfathers or probably great-grandfathers that were Nazis, like legitimate Nazis from Germany, World War II. Um, I don't know. That's one aspect you've heard. I still hold on to the belief of the the NWO situation about Russia not um, being part of a centralized bank ran by the Rothschilds. And this is a war to combat that because I've asked the question before, why Ukraine? Of all the countries that border Russia from Europe, most of which are already a part of NATO, why, why, why this one country? So, I think when it's all said and done, you know, you're hearing stuff. Oh, Putin's sick, and he's, you know, maybe this is, maybe he's got cancer, maybe he's something's mentally wrong with him, and he's just snapped, and he's losing his shit. And I don't know, I don't know how the storybook's going to be wrote when this is all over. Because like we've said time and time again, history is written by the winners, right? You, you never rarely see the loser's end of history, okay? So you're going to see what you see on the news. They're going to dictate it however they feel the need to. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The thing that I'm getting tired of is... Everybody using now this war or whatever you want to call it as an excuse for 
the issues we're having in this country. Oh, prices for wheat and bread and whatever, oil and uh, fertilizer and whatever is going up because of this situation. Well, the thing is, is the majority of those products we don't even get from over there. It's like they're just using it as an excuse to raise the price of shit. And we're just going along with it. Just going along. I can tell you this. I don't really like to talk about what I do for a living just for whatever reason. People that know me obviously know what I do for a living. But the people that listen to the show that don't know me, and there's people that listen to the show that don't like me and don't like the show. They just listen to it to be... I love getting the downloads. Thank you. But they listen to it and they go on the Facebook and whatnot and they do that just to raz. You hear this if you listen to other podcasts, if you listen to Bongino and Tim Pool and whoever else, they say the same thing. They love the opposing opinion, which is fine. I don't really care who listens to the show. I, I don't think that I, I really don't like Joe Biden, but it's nothing personal. Look at the fucking state of this country. Now, would it be any better if Trump was here? I don't know. I mean, it wasn't so bad when he was. I mean, I don't know if all these other things would have happened. I don't know. If the president, whoever that person is, isn't actually in control, then <laughs> who's to say that that um, it would matter? You see what I'm saying? But um, my whole thing is that... Um, if this, once this is all said and done, what's going to happen then? You know, we, we could sit here and argue oil prices, we're not getting Russian oil, blah, blah, blah. And Biden comes out, oh, we're going to release 180 million. Why are you going to do that? Why why are you going to release the uh, our defense oil? You, it, you know, you're cutting our, our defense. <laughs> and then it pisses me off. You watch TV, every commercial, I shouldn't say every, but a lot of the commercials you see, from different car manufacturers. I don't care who it is, Chevy, Ford, Cadillac, you know, uh, Hyundai, whoever. You don't see a commercial. I've yet to see a commercial for whatever brand car that has anything to do with any car that they sell other than an electrical vehicle. With Chevy, it's a, you know, a minivan or a SUV or, or a pickup truck. With Ford, it's a pickup truck or their uh, Mustang E. With uh, Cadillac, you got the Cadillac, whatever, SUV, electric. Uh, the hybrid, whatever, uh, Hyundai. And this it's it's all electric. And then on the flip side, you got Biden saying, well, just get, a, just get an electric car. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go spend 60 grand on an electric car. It, and then I've said this time and time again, I really don't want to beat a, beat a drum, but it's like, Where's the electricity come from? <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, if you live, you know, our electric bill, you know, right now, this time of year, is not terribly hot. So our electric bill is about $200 a month. Well, me and my wife both work. So if now we have to have two electric vehicles that are plugged in, how much is our electric bill then? You know, we go from 200 a month to 400 a month to keep two vehicles charged to, uh, and then in the summertime when the when the electric bill goes up because it's, you know, 500 degrees outside, then our electric bill goes from, say, $300 a month to $500 a month. I mean, <laughs> not for nothing, but most of your electrical plants around the country are fossil-based electric companies. 
So what does it matter? <laughs> we talked about this time before where Buddha Judge was talking about a gas tax, a mileage tax. You know, that's coming. Guarantee you, when they when they force the issue of people having to have electric vehicles, but you opt to keep your gas vehicle, why do you think these gas prices? I, I came up with this thought the other day. I don't think these gas prices have anything to do with oil shortages. I think it's all a whole situation to push the electric vehicle agenda. For whatever reason, I mean, like I said before, most of the country, I don't know the exact percentage, I, I, th I think it's 68% of the country's electrical powered stations across the country are, are fossil fuel I don't think fuel is a word, but they're ran predominantly by fossil fuels, whether it be coal or natural gas. They're not, there's very few wind driven power plants or, um, I mean, best case scenario, you should want nuclear, um, power plants, but even natural gas burns clean and they've even got the technology now where coal burns cleaner than it did, you know, 50 years ago. I just, this is all part, if you guys dig into some of our past shows where we talk about the WEF, the NWO, and this whole uh, climate control or climate crisis agenda, whatever you want to call it, I talked about this on the Committee of 300. I told you names in that show, one of which, or a couple of which, were who? John Kerry, what is he, our climate czar, right? He's one of those names. And, and to top of that off, he's in cahoots, or I should say he's in cahoots. He's married into the Heinz family, one of those families. Um, the other name is Al Gore, oddly enough. Don't hear much from him, but he's part of this whole, and these are all these people that are pushing the climate crisis, climate control, Green New Deal, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But these are also the same people that have no problem flying in jets. You know, and, and the one thing that we've learned from Corona that you don't need to go physically anywhere to have a meeting, right? What, what is what it was what was the big thing? You didn't want to gather in a meeting place, so everyone did stuff by Zoom or uh, you know whatever, um, Skype, you know whatever whatever the case is. Um, but these guys have no problem taking to private jets and flying wherever. And I think that was another reason our flight got canceled coming home from San Antonio. We had to literally fly from San Antonio. Now, the people that listen to this show from Texas, you can understand this. Now, the drive from San Antonio to, to Dallas is, I think, five, six hours, somewhere around there, five and a half hours. To fly that far is like 40 minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, we had to take a flight from San Antonio to Dallas. And then from Dallas to Tampa. But we flew from San Antonio to Dallas to sit there for five hours to wait for our flight to leave at nine o'clock or whatever time it was, 10 o'clock to get home here. By the time we got here and got our baggage and got home, it was two o'clock in the morning. You know, time you get everything unloaded and sit down for a minute, it's three o'clock. Um, but the thing is, is when we get to Tampa, the, <laughs> The plane, like you go to the baggage to pick up your 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 uh, suitcases, whatever. The uh, the multitude of suit of everyone there. There was there was people from Sacramento, Las Vegas, uh, Amarillo, Dallas, 
in San Antonio. So there was five different flights conversed into one. So my theory is that they had planes leaving from Sacramento, L.A., or I'm sorry, Las Vegas, Amarillo, whatever, and they weren't full flights. So they had them all converged into Dallas, put them all on a plane to go to Tampa. Uh, why? Well, if you got a plane that holds, you know, whatever, 200 people, and you got 100, or you got 75, or whatever that number is, but you've got four or five, whatever it is, different planes going to the same place uh, around about the same time, I understand why. I don't like it, and I don't agree with it, but I understand it. The thing that pisses me off is we don't like to do layovers. Like, I paid extra to not to go straight from San Antonio to Tampa. I didn't want to layover. But nonetheless, we had no choice. What do you do? Drive? 20 hours? Fuck that. Anyway, enough about, <laughs> enough about me bitching about, uh, about the obvious. And I said I wasn't going to talk about Ukraine and Russia, and, and there we were. But <laughs> a couple of things, I guess, obviously... Uh, uh, I don't know her whole name, and I don't want to mess it up. But the 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 lady that was uh, nominated for Supreme Court, obviously that passed. <laughs> and then I, I found this speech from our fearless leader. Um, I'm I'm just gonna let it speak for itself. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot him uh, foot, foot excuse me the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. Traveling with him, I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> I don't know that for a fact. What the fuck does that even mean? So you just literally told a story that you were in the foothills, <laughs> foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. And that's when I traveled 17,000 miles. I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Why are you talking about it then? You literally just said what I just told you was a lie. But I told it anyway. He's a fucking moron, people. All right. On to more fun stuff. Speaking of our fearless leader. So do you guys recall during the uh, the election in uh, 2020... There was a situation that occurred in Michigan with the Governor Whitman, Whit Whitmer, Whitmore, Whitman, Whitmore, I think, yeah. Um, and Trump kind of dis, dis uh, denounced it, you know, as whatever. And and Biden had this to say: "Range schemes like the one against Governor Whitmer that the FBI and local law enforcement uncovered and stopped last week. But make no mistake." That was a planned act of terrorism. And come to find out, he's not wrong. Oddly enough, this is one time Joe Biden spoke the truth. Of course, he didn't say the whole truth because, as we are well, know, uh, well aware now, the um, all of that <laughs> was found. The, the four defendants were up for trial, two of which... Let off. So let me let me read you what what I got going on here. So the Mich Michigan kidnapping case wasn't was an FBI setup, and maybe it was the precursor to January sixth. And let me go into detail of what I mean by that. 
So despite the governor's, the government's extraordinary efforts to muzzle the defense, a jury in Grand Rapids federal court on Friday acquitted two men of charges, including conspiracy to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. The jury was unable to reach a verdict on the other two who had been charged as a result, Daniel Harris and Brandon Castera, Caserta, Caserta, are now free men. While the federal judge overseeing the case called a mistrial on the counts against Adam Fox and Barry Croft in a written statement after the verdict, Andrew Burge, the U.S. attorney for the Western District of Michigan, said that Fox and Croft now await retrial, although it did not say when that would be. The outcome of the trial is a stunning rebuke of uh, prosecution, which at times appeared to view the case one of the most prominent domestic uh, terror investigations in a generation as a slam dunk. The split verdict calls into question the Justice Department strategy, and beyond that, its entire approach to combating domestic extremism. Defense attorneys in the case, along with observers from across the political spectrum, have argued that the FBI's efforts to make the case in which at least a dozen uh, confidential informants went beyond legitimate law enforcement into outright entrapment. It also may leave the two defendants who chose to plead guilty and testify for the government in hopes of leniency, Ty Garbin and Caleb, Caleb Franks, Caleb, I don't know, <laughs> wondering whether they made the right choice. Last summer, Gorbin was sentenced to 75 months in prison while Franks was changed his plea in February is still awaiting citizen. The jury clearly saw that the FBI was doing uh, what they were doing to create this case, said uh, Castier's uh, attorney Mike Hill. In an interview after the verdict was announced, they saw it and they didn't like it. To make their case, federal prosecutors presented a mountain of evidence, hundreds of audio clips, videos, and text messages, uh, many of which show the men describing violence they would personally like to inflict on the governor, plus the testimony of a confidential informant, two undercover FBI agents, and two defendants who have pled guilty and agreed to cooperate th- with the investigation. But the most striking thing about the closely watched 15-day trial might be what the jury never got the jury never got to see. Before both before I'm sorry, both before, during, and during the trial, prosecutors went to extraordinary lengths to exclude evidence and witnesses that might undermine their arguments while winning the right to bring in almost anything favorable on their own side. As a result, the defense attorneys were largely reduced to nibbling at the edges of the government's case in order, in hopes of uh, installing doubt in the jurors' minds and making claims about official misconduct and with vanishing few pieces of evidence to support them. Over and over during the course of the trial, the prosecution objected to any attempts by the defense to provide context for the often shocking sound bites and text messages saw in court. Objections sustained by the judge who agreed with such material risk confusing the jury. The result was, at least from the defense point of view, a stunningly one-sided presentation that left their uh, preponderance of evidence out of court and gave jurors precious little to balance against the Justice Department's claims. The government controls the evidence, Fox's attorney Chris Gibbons said in his closing statement on last Friday. 
excuse me, and they can play whatever they want. Back in October 8th of 20, when the government announced the FBI had broken up a violent plot against a sitting governor, the case seemed like a sure thing. In addition to the men accused of kidnapping conspiracy in federal court, Michigan's attorney general had charged eight additional individuals for providing material assistance for terrorism for their role in aiding the scheme. Months later, the Justice Department attacked on weapons and mass destruction charges, elevating it to terrorism as well. Over the next 17 months, a different and more nuanced version of the events began to emerge. Uh, defense attorneys in both the state and federal cases contended that in a series of court filings and pretrial hearings that the clients may have been loudmouths or even anti-government cranks, but they never actually intended to hurt anyone and uh, couldn't have pulled off a kidnapping to save their own lives. Fox, the lawyers noted, was so hopeless that he lived in the basement of a vacuum cleaner store and was forced to go to the Mexican restaurant next door when he needed to use the bathroom. Croft, for his part, ranted about shooting down airships, cutting down every tree in the border between Ohio and Michigan, and setting off electromagnetic magnetic pulse weapons that his lawyer, Joshua Blanchard, characterized at the trial as movie stuff. So basically, in my opinion, it looks like this was the second step in the deep state's effort to deceit to deceit um, President Trump, first being COVID. And it seemed to be the first step in seeing what the FBI would be able to do in convincing some hard right militia type, uh, with the second being uh, January 6th, which I'm sure when it's all said and done, You'll have the same convictions just to save face, but guaranteed it'll come down to FBI involvement. So you had the whole reason those two gentlemen got off. Um, <laughs> it came down to the fact that you had confidential informants and then also FBI agents, which also I think one of the I don't know if it was the agents or the informants were one of the ones that was involved in getting the quote unquote weapons of mass destruction. So you go you fast forward to January sixth and you had the gentleman shit for the life of me, I can't think of his name right now. I want to say Ray Combs, but I, I could be wrong. But the one guy that they constantly talk about where he's in different video clips of, of different people who have like, you know, used cell phones or whatever to videotape stuff. And he's the one, we need to get in the Capitol. We need to do this. And you hear the people like, no, he's a fed. Da, da, da. You know, it's, you had guys like this involved. You get a couple of knuckleheads that like he, like that said here a minute ago, where you had Fox and Croft who are probably diehard, uh, not for nothing. Probably listen to the show. Maybe they did at one point or another. I don't know, but there are those those kind of guys like Whoa, America, you know, and just talk shit. How many of us do that? Now, granted, I make sure that I never say anything like that where someone can hear me, or at least you know where I'm recording it. I'm not going to sit here on the show and say, "Yeah, we need to do this, and we need to do that, and screw that, and screw this." You know, that'd be stupid. On my behalf. Now, these are the probably the kind of guys that were probably on their Facebook page or their Twitter or whatever social media they had and probably spouted all sorts of bullshit. Like I my old Facebook page, I was part of a group in the state of Florida. They got red flagged by Facebook, which is why I lost my account with Facebook to begin with. Not that I was on there saying anything about anything, but other people were. 
See what I'm saying? So everybody in that group got painted with a broad brush. So whatever. So I guess basically the moral of the story is be careful what you say around who you say it. Because I guarantee you, if you dug into the situation between Croft and um, and Fox, guarantee you there's there's going to be some sort of trail of of them government hating <laughs> like um, these two guys lived in Michigan. It's not like they were on there saying anything about Obama or Trump or Biden or anyone else. It was about the governor. Okay. So they, like I said, they were probably on social media of some sort, bitching and complaining, saying whatever. And then uh, it got to this person, got to that person. And then maybe they had a, a mutual acquaintance that unbeknownst to them was a, a FBI informant. And then that person told someone else in the FBI to make themselves look good because usually your, F- your informants, whatever, whatever branch they are, if they're FBI or your local police department, they're crooked-ass bastards for the most part. They're an informant for a reason because they got in trouble for doing something, and this is a way to pay back the government so they don't get in trouble. But if you don't know that, then they may befriend you as a, as a like-minded individual. And... You know, that's where shit gets out of control. So, like, for example, we do this show. We've been doing it for a little more than a year. Year, year and, what, two, three months. Um, we have a Facebook page. It has a pretty good following on it. Uh, how many of those people listen to the show? I, I don't know. I know there's a few. Um, but I make sure that I don't... I'll interact with people on Facebook if they have a question, if they message me. But guaranteed, don't come to me, don't message me with some bullshit or some propaganda because I'm going to tell you to pack sand. Because if I don't know you, if you can't call me on my phone or text me or whatever, I don't know you. Even if you somehow or another get my number and call me or text me, if I don't know you, you ain't getting nothing out of my mouth that you don't need to hear. Because I don't know you. And even if somehow or another we, we become friends and uh, we're an acquaintance and we're hanging out at the bar, I'm still not going to talk to you about anything because I don't know you. <laughs> There's literally one person that I talk to about anything that you guys don't hear. And he does the same. And those are conversations that if we want you to hear them, we'll let you hear them. What happens is the FBI... The CIA, the NSA, and whatever three-letter alphabeted uh, government agency that's out there, they find these people. These people are their worst enemies. They're the ones that get on. You go on, go on our Facebook page. Go on my. If you happen to be friends with me on Facebook, guarantee I don't put shit on my Facebook page. It doesn't have anything to do with my family. <laughs> Even on the the Don't Tread on America Facebook page. We post silly memes. We might say some things, but it's mostly memes. It's mostly promoting the show. I don't get on there and say, we need to kidnap this person, and we need to bomb that place, and we need to fuck that. That's stupid. That is stupid to do that. But you have people that do that. And be damned if you know these three alphabet, you know, the alphabet uh, agencies out there are watching this. Whether Facebook's monitoring it and forwarding it to them, whatever. 
you put some shit like that, you're either going to get a knock on the door. It's no different than people you hear situations where, uh, oh, so-and-so was on Twitter and said they were going to kill the president. Guarantee they get a knock at the door within a day. Um, you get situations where, um, even with phone calls, even if you're talking or texting on the phone, you got to be careful of the things you say because the NSA, they, ever since the Patriot Act, and this is something I've actually been doing research on as a Patriot Act, and I'm not going to get into that today, but the Patriot Act's fucked up. And it's part of a grander scheme of things. And, and like I said, that's a sh- trust me, that is a show for another day. When we say that, this I actually mean this will be a show for another day. But if you guys have ever read the Patriot Act, it's fucked up. Okay? Rand Paul, Ron Paul, they were right when they said, this bill is not what you want. Of course, it was passed under the guise of protection and terrorism, 9-11, blah, blah, blah. I get it. The idea of the what they presented to the American public was great. But if you read the bill, it's fucked up for the most part. Anyway, um, one of the pieces of that bill gave the the NCAA, the NSA, the right to monitor every fucking phone call. Every Every phone call that you make is monitored. Now, there might not be someone actively listening to every phone call you make, but they're listening to every phone call you make. And what I mean by that is they, they have a, um, their computers are set up essentially for an algorithm for words. So if you say a certain words, then it triggers it to start recording. Okay, so if you're calling your buddy, hey, man, you want to go get a drink at, a, at the bar? Okay, as long as you say that, <laughs> you're good. Now, if you get on there and be like, hey, buddy, we need to talk about uh, kidnapping the governor and doing this and doing that. If you start talking about that shit, you're going to get triggered. You know, oh, you start talking about bombs and and different key words. You're going to trigger a uh, recording, which could also trigger a knock. But what it seems like they're doing, especially if you look at if you look at these two cases, if you look at the uh, the Michigan kidnapping case in January 6th, if you look at these two cases, guarantee you there was... People in both in both situations in in the Michigan thing, it was a smaller group of people. So we'll talk about them. That, like I said, probably had conversations, said the key words, probably was on Facebook, said the key words, caused instead of the FBI just going and arresting them, because <laughs> that would be the logical thing. If you if you talked about doing whatever, I would I would suspect that the police whoever would come to your house. And um, interview you, so to speak. You might not get arrested right then, but they might interview you, try to find out. They might search your house and see what you got going on. They might get, you know, warrant and do all these things. But it's almost like they're being sneaky about it now. They don't even want to just bust you. They kind of want to catch you in the act. Because for whatever reason, it furthers their agenda. I think it's fucked up in general, but it's almost like they did this Michigan thing. On a small scale, you had a small group of people involved just to see how these people would react. And then you moved to Jan because this was what? I think it was end of September or summer some, uh, when all that happened of, of 20. 
So then you fast forward a few. Okay, well, if we do these things, and guarantee that January 6th stuff, everyone wants to blame Trump. Oh, he gave the speech and he got him going, and that's when it happened. That January 6th shit was going on. The the seeds of that whole situation were planted well before January 6th, well before Trump's speech of saying whatever he said. Those seeds were planted by a few individuals that weren't FBI informants. They were just Joe Schmoes, good old boys, whatever militia, whatever group they belonged to, whatever. The FBI or whoever was monitoring these individuals infiltrated their situation. And you had a small group get riled up. And then come January 6th, you put these these people in this place. And then you get more FBI agents and or informants to rile up the crowd. Everyone's full of emotion. And of course, the only thing you see via the media is those groups of people. There was hundreds of thousands of people there. Why don't you see the peaceful protests that were actually going on? Because in this world, in this country, at least, we can't do that. Like we talk about George Floyd. Oh, these are peaceful protests, but all you see is the targets being burned down. Okay. But you never saw the peaceful end of the protest that may or may not have been. I don't know if there even wasn't. I'm not trying to say what happened with George Floyd was good. I think that whole thing was a fucking situation too. But my point is, is <laughs> this whole thing is being devised to, to divide our country. I saw a graph yesterday, oddly enough. And it was uh, what what uh, Republicans, Democrats, and, and, and all Americans, who they believe when it comes to news. And you had whatever news agency, Democrats, boom, totally trust. And that same news agencies like CNN, for example. De- Democrats totally trusted. Republicans totally distrusted. Your average American was down the middle. Fox, Republicans trusted. Democrat, you know, so it's a constant divide of this country and they're doing this. If you guys have ever heard the adage, divide and conquer, it's what they're doing. It's what they're trying to do. And now not to mention, we've got this, <laughs> the Frankenstein subvariant detected in UK, India, and Thailand. That's right. COVID is still here, guys. Go get vaccinated. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys saw this, they're calling it the Frankenstein Omicron subvariant, and it's supposed to be a combination of the. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just read the story. So Frankenstein style new Omicron subvariant. It's like Jesus Christ. It's a sub of a mill of a this and that. Some experts fear the mutation may have maybe the most contagious form of COVID yet. Which, in other words, the way I read that is. Um everyone's going to get sick, but you'll probably be fine because it's weak. The XE variant, which also has been confirmed in India and Thailand, is a mix of Omicron's B1 strain and the new stealth BA2 form, which I was calling BS2, but nonetheless. The mutations are uh, known as recumbents and occur when a person gets infected with two or more variants at the same time and they combine it Frankenstein-style the outlet, outlet reported a total of 637 cases of the XE uh, recumbent variant 
have been confirmed in the UK. It's unclear whether the XE causes more severe illness or evades vaccine, though early data suggests it may be more transmissible than earlier forms of Omicron, which means that if it's more transmissible, probably it's a it's a eluding your precious vaccine. Which why is that? Why are the, why is this coming up? Because you just noticed what was it? Pelosi just got COVID. You had Obama just had COVID. Uh, you know, it, I, my thing is this. <clears throat> they had, uh, so you had Obama, all these people together last week. Uh, Pelosi gets hit with the COVID bug. Day before she was diagnosed with COVID, she's hugging and kissing on Biden. But he's fine. So now these are all people that are three and four times vaccinated, but they're still getting COVID. <clears throat> I don't want to make this a COVID show, but here we go. No. <laughs> Early estimates suggest that XE has a community growth rate advantage of 1.1, which represents a 10% transmission advantage. Um, whatever. They're not, this is, I titled this particular section here, uh, they won't let a dead dog lie. The thing that pisses me off is this. Now, this was um, Dr. Fuckhead, I mean Fauci, and I do not know uh, how old this is, but it looks relatively old. I would say probably in the 90s, so it was probably 30 years old. And it was probably around the time that the uh, flu shot was becoming prevalent. And uh, the the guy on C-SPAN asked him a question about getting the flu shot. And the flu shot versus if you've had the flu. Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot? Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she if, she get re- if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu. She right. should not get it again. No, she doesn't need it because the, it, it's, the be- it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. There you go. That was straight out of Dr. Anthony Fauci's mouth. The best vaccination is getting infected. That's called herd immunity. So even if, like, okay, I had COVID back in August last year. So let's say I get COVID again this year. Chances are it's not going to be, if I even get it, probably won't be that bad. Now, I'm not saying I had it in August and I'm super immune forever. It's no different than the flu. Usually, if you get the flu, and and the thing about the flu is not everybody even gets the flu year in and year out, shot or no shot. You might think, oh, I'm so sick, I got the flu. You might just be have a cold. You might have a fever. You might be sick. The flu is another situation. The flu is very, uh, for lack of a better definition, COVID-like. <laughs> Uh, with the difference, the only difference I could tell from having, actually having the flu, which I had a couple of years ago where I was actually diagnosed with the flu and having COVID is the loss of smell and taste. Other than that, it's basically the same thing, in my opinion. I'm not a doctor, so take it for what it's worth. But nonetheless, we've heard for this whole time, the best way to to fight this is for everyone to get it you know, for lack of a better term. Now I understand if you're, if you're, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90, hundred years old, and you feel like the co- the vaccine may help you in the sense of it lessens the effects. Cool. 
I have no problem with anybody that wants to get vaccinated. My question or my my statement has been and always will be, check with your doctor first. If you're a relatively healthy individual, you probably don't need it because whether you're vaccinated or not, this, is, this isn't me speculating. This is true. This has been proven over this past year, right? Whether you're vaccinated or not, you can still get COVID. True or false? That's true, okay? Whether or not the symptoms are any better or worse, if you're vaccinated, who knows? I'm not vaccinated. I got COVID. I lost smell and taste. In the meantime, while I had my 10 days of quarantine, I'm outside spreading. No, I was out in the front yard, minding my business. I'm not around anybody, whatever. Uh, pressure washing my driveway, mowing my yard, went to my son's house because me and my wife, my son, his uh, wife all had it. So he was my son who is vaccinated. Like I said, I have no problem with anybody who's vaccinated. He did it because, not because he wanted to, but because he had to which is fucked up, but nonetheless, um, he was sick. His wife, unvaccinated, not sick. I, not vaccinated, not that sick. My wife, not vaccinated, got sick. But her illness, she wasn't like, I need to go to the hospital sick. She just had a cold. She had a, she very much represented a flu to me. Um, but we do know the flu kills people. It doesn't randomly kill people. If, if you're a healthy person and you get the flu, you probably will live. It kills people that have underlying issues, whatever those are, then yeah, maybe you should get a flu shot. Maybe you should get COVID shot. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. That's not for me to decide, but it's not for you to walk into your local drugstore and let your pharmacist decide for you. That's also my opinion. But um, I think the thing that, that drives me the most crazy is this whole fucking COVID thing that we've been dealing with. And in my opinion, has ruined this country. I don't know about the world. I haven't traveled outside this country. But I've gone to a couple of different states in this time. I've been to all throughout the state of Florida. And I'm telling you, the shit's fucked up everywhere. You guys can attest to this. People listening to us in other countries, listening to it in other states. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. But the crux of this whole situation stems from Dr. Fauci. Why? What he had to do with it? What? Why? <laughs> why he wanted anything to do with it is beyond me. I don't know if he's part of the deep state. That might be something to dig into. What is who? Other than what we know who Dr. Fauci is, who's Dr. Fauci? Why is he Why is he who he is, if that makes any sense? But you had the thing last year where Rand Paul said this to him. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. 
Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Your microphone. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. <clears throat> okay. Rand Paul, that's not the first time he's said what he said and got Fauci to admit what he just said. He's doing this. He's putting it on the record, telling you, look, here's the, here's the fucking data. Here's the scientists that worked on it because that, clip, that, that, that whole clip is like six minutes long. I just played like a minute or so of it. Prior to what you heard, he's talking about these different Chinese virologists and then this gentleman he mentioned who, who said, yeah, this is what we did and this is why we did it. Even though they weren't supposed to be doing it, they still did it. There was supposed to be a pause on this whole uh, uh, research, whatever. So obviously it was still funded by the NIH. Did Fauci know about it? I don't know. But if he didn't know, he's sure being set up as he did know. You see what I'm saying? And, but, you know, and then everyone's asking recently, where's Fauci? You know, it was trending on Twitter. Fauci, you know, he was doing subpar podcast and he was doing, you know, C-rated YouTube channel <laughs> shows and stuff like that. Um, and now he's kind of, kind of sneaking his way back in. But this is like a, almost a year old, this, this, this comment here. If we know, if we know how, why, and when it started, and we know that it was funded by the NIH, which this guy runs, why is he still, number one, why is he still employed? Number one. More importantly, why is he not in jail for fucking murder? Uh, however many million people that have died from this. That's my question. All right, guys. Um, you know, I rambled on so much. I do have one more thing to talk about. But I really didn't want this show to go, uh, you know, two hours. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I... I'm going to leave. No. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about is the uh, Durham investigation. And why is nobody talking about this investigation? So um, I have a couple of different articles. I'm just going to touch on this first one. So in court filing Monday night, special counsel John Durham presents an alleged text between uh, Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman falsely telling the FBI that he was not working on behalf of any client when he delivered the anti-Trump research in 2016. According to the article, prosecutors say the text message is evidence that Sussman lied to the FBI when he offered to provide now discredited anti-Trump Russian collusion research. The existence of the text message between Sussman and then FBI General Counsel James Baker was revealed in a court filing late Monday by Durham's team, prosecutors 
said they intend to show Sussman gave false story to the FBI, but then told the truth about working on behalf of the Clinton campaign when he later testified in Congress. He said, um, I'm coming on my own, not on behalf of the client of a client or company. Want to help the Bureau. Thanks. Sussman texted Baker, according to the copy of the court documents posted. So there's there's that. You have the text message where you once again, when you're talking on the phone, if you're texting people, don't if you if you know what you're saying is a fucking lie. The DOJ that that we had and not even that we have now, because this whole thing started under Trump, this whole Durham investigation. You know, you had the Mueller report. That was a fucking sham from the get-go. I tell you one thing. If Trump does run again in 24, you will see a different Trump, in my opinion. And what I mean by that is you're not going to see... You're going to see a different man in the sense that you think he didn't take any shit before. It's going to be bad. And for the people involved, um, all these senators and Congress people that are running for re-election right now in 22, and then again, we'll be running, you know, you'll have different situations. Not everybody that's running for Senate and Congress are seeking a re-election this year, but you might have that again in 24 where you have X amount this year, and then you have X amount in 24, depending on how their cycles run. But nonetheless, Trump's backing, if you've noticed, younger, non-seasoned uh, politicians. I don't even want to say politicians. A lot of the people that he's backing are people that either have never been in any kind of public office, they are not quote-unquote politicians, or it's your younger people that are that are in Congress or Senate now that maybe this is their first year or first, you know, uh, term, whatever. You have a lot of younger, um, you know, congressmen and Congress people, I should say, and senators that, that like Trump. He, and you, you want to get rid of the old guard, so to speak. I don't give a shit <laughs> that they're Republican or Democrat because Lindsey Graham... And uh, fuckhead from Kentucky, not Senator uh, Paul, but uh, Mitch McConnell. Those kind of Republicans, we don't need. We don't need the Kevin McCarthy's. We don't need these guys that have been around for 20 plus years. They need to go. We can't trust them. These are the ones calling for this war in Russia. They're calling to aid Ukraine. They're calling to ramp this up. This is what you would call these, uh, these um, warmongers, right? You can't trust these people. Lindsey Graham will sit here and support Trump one minute and talk shit about him the next. You, you, with friends like that, who needs enemies, right? Um, you're going to see a different Trump if he runs. I mean, one would assume he's going to run because why in the fuck is he out campaigning, right? I mean, he's not really campaigning, but why is he out doing these rallies and whatnot if he's not planning on running? I'm sure this is a way to test the waters and see what kind of a backing he gets. In the meantime, he's in these whatever states. I think he was just in... I don't know where he was at last night, Michigan, or wherever he was at. Um, and he's pushing people that you've never heard of running for different offices. I mean, look what just happened in Wisconsin 
last week. You had a shit ton of Republicans take over school boards, take over governor, take over. I mean, that's usually a blue state. There's there's a change coming now. You have this conversation. I can have this conversation with Chris, and he'll roll his eyes and be like, "Whatever, I they're all the same." Blah blah blah. And I can't argue with him that he's wrong. I can't because look at the fucking uh, you know the the track record. Okay, so all these people right now that are spouting Hunter Biden, whatever, and uh, Joe Biden's the big guy. Once again, this isn't new stuff. We're rehashing 2020 all over again. And with COVID and everything, evidently. Now, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop's true. And now we're going after him. And now Tony Bobulinski, who was who was wrote off when he was on um, Tucker's show, whenever, whenever it was, I don't re- recall the exact date, when he said the things he said about uh, uh, Joe Biden being the big guy and Hunter Biden doing this and whatever, whatever. Tony Bobulinski was there. He shook hands with Joe Biden. He was involved in the situation. He knows what the hell happened. When he when he um, was on Tucker and said the things he said, he was wrote off as a kook. And you never heard anything about Tony Bobulinski again after that. Until now. Now, everything he said is true. Now... Hunter Biden's laptop, it was real. It wasn't fake uh, Russian disinformation, whatever the fuck they were saying. Now, Tony Bobulinski's a, a liable or a, you know, a viable uh, source. So it took you two years to figure that out. They had a poll come out. I think 60-something percent of people that voted for Biden said if they had known anything about this laptop, they wouldn't have voted for him. Okay. My question to Chris was, we were talking about this this morning, is what does it matter? Because, okay, granted, if those people didn't vote for Biden and Trump was still president, whatever. They, they, not Biden, not Kamala, not anybody that, that you know of, but when I say they, the deep state, they, Trump was not going to win. Thus, the reason you didn't hear about the laptop, unless you happen to listen to Fox News, and even all of Fox News wasn't talking about, it was just a few different entities on um, Fox News talking about the laptop. Um, that's why you didn't, if you watch CNN, MSNBC, or whatever, that's why you didn't hear about the, um, the laptop. Because Trump wasn't going to win. Whether we can have a conversation, oh, it was rigged, uh, the water pipes bust in Atlanta, da, 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 da. you can say, we can have that conversation. I'm not even going to go down that road. Let's say X amount of people, whatever that, what was it, 150 some odd million people voted, and 80 something million voted for Biden, and 70 something million voted for Trump. Let's say those were all legitimately casted ballots by actual people. Let's just say for shits and giggles, that's what it was. The fact of the matter is, if 20, 30 million of those people that voted for Biden had known about all this bullshit, maybe they wouldn't have voted for Biden. Maybe they wouldn't have voted at all or voted for Trump. Either way, Trump would have won. And then, who's to say, maybe the war in Russia doesn't happen. Maybe gas prices are still $2 a gallon. Maybe, we don't know. It's hard to say. I could sit here and say, guaranteed it would be, but we don't know. Um, 
but we don't not know if that makes any sense. My point being is, do your own research, guys. <laughs> I hate to... I definitely don't want to sit here and tell you, get news from Twitter, get news from Facebook, get news from TikTok. But as stupid as what I'm about to say sounds, trust me, it's going to make sense in the end. I get on TikTok. Okay. I get on Twitter. I Facebook, I don't really follow things on Facebook, on my personal Facebook to, to get any kind of information. That's more of a Twitter thing and whatever. And with, um, with TikTok, it's more about an algorithm. So if you... Depending on what you watch online and do, what what you research online is going to depend a lot about what kind of videos you see. Um, a lot of the stuff that I see that Chris sees is conspiracy theory stuff, um, news stuff, and it's off the wall news stuff. Like I did a show about Project Sandman. Nobody fucking is talking about Project Sandman. The only show I've ever heard anyone talk about Project Sandman is this show. And trust me when I tell you, if you haven't listened to Project Sandman, go listen to Project Sandman. Or look up Project Sandman. Now, how did I find out about that? Someone on TikTok mentioned Project Sandman. I was like, what the fuck is Project Sandman? Started looking up, started doing information. Saw something about Patriot Act, started digging into that. Oh, shit. Now, I kind of knew the Patriot Act was fucked up, but there was, <laughs> there's, I don't want to give it away because, like I said, this, that will be a show for another day. There's stuff in that Patriot Act that nobody knows about, if you unless you read the whole bill. That when I tell you to do things, and when other podcasts or whatever are telling you to do certain things, what they're actually, what we're actually telling you is, it's not illegal right now, but it will be, if that makes any sense. And I'm like I said, I don't want to go into detail. I talk too much as it is, but um, it's not a bad thing. Watch some TikTok if you have a TikTok app. Follow Don't Tread on America if you do. Go on Twitter. Follow random people. Don't just follow, um, you know, whoever. Follow whoever you want. Follow DTOM underscore 1775, number one. <laughs> but follow people that you don't agree with, too. And what I mean by that is uh, because, especially random accounts, because you'll get random information. Now, I'm not saying you need to believe everything you see. Like, if you're watching TikTok and they're talking about whatever, Oh man, I saw it on TikTok. It has to be true. Don't don't do that. Use it as a catalyst to find out the truth. And on that note, don't search on Google. Don't use Bing. DuckDuckGo is your best option. Now, granted, there has been things coming out about them lately. I don't know how true it is or not, but I will say this about that. I can sit here on my computer which unfortunately is is Chrome, is is Google. Um, but on my phone, I switched the um, the search engine over to DuckDuckGo, and I can get on my phone and search whatever, some something something scandalous, something uh, you know conspiracy theory type situation. Project Sandman, for example, you go on Google, it doesn't pop up. <laughs> you go on. Uh, duck, duck, go, and you get five, six articles. <laughs> now, granted, you're not getting the New York Times or the Washington Post. You're not getting like big time news uh, organizations talking about it because, of course, they're not going to. So, I like to find a couple of different articles from different people, Substacks, whatever the case may be, compare notes, so to speak, 
And if there's a common denominator, then it's probably true. Okay? So my advice to you is do those things. Don't take whatever Fox is telling you or CNN or MSNBC or whoever. Don't take what they're saying at, at face value. I, I, if nothing else, I, I hate to promote other people and other shows and other podcasts and other TV shows. But if you don't follow Jack Posobiec on Twitter and or listen to his podcast, you're, you're not helping yourself. He, his podcast is like 30 minutes long, if that. Um, I've kind of, I listened to it. I, I honestly, like I said, this past week, I didn't listen to shit, but when he first started doing his podcast, he's only been doing it a short while. It was 27, 28 minutes and it's bam, 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 bam. Now he's gotten sponsored. So it's kind of like, Hey, blah, 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 sponsor, sponsor. Hey, and then he goes, bam, bam, sponsor, sponsor, bam, bam. You know, so he's kind of, and I, I mean, I get it. You got to pay for the show. You got to do whatever. I don't, I give you my sponsor beginning show and that's that. Granted, I don't have five, six, seven, eight sponsors. It might be different if I did. Um, so I understand when you're listening to a Bongino or a Poso or whatever, and they have, they have commercials. It is what it is. No different watching the news, right? I just don't like the podcast sit there and talk to you 10 minutes about their Patreon account and PayPal and donate to me and da, 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 whatever. Um, anyway, so please guys, um, I'm going to get more into the, the Durham thing on the next show. Um, the thing that kills me about the stuff I talked about today is no one's really talking about it. Even the, even the, uh, COVID shit is kind of like, you might hit it might be a piece here, piece there. So they're not ramping up the scare tactics yet, but they will. As soon as this Russia thing kind of starts dying out, it's the same old thing every day. Not to get back to Russia, Ukraine, but there was a thing, I don't know if you guys saw it yesterday, Boris Johnson's walking around Kiev with uh, with uh, fucking Zelensky. I'm thinking, now this is supposed to be like a war-torn, you know, bombs could fall on your head at any minute now, and they're just strolling the streets. I mean, granted, they had some some uh, military guards with them, I mean, you know, five, six, seven guys, however many were with them. But Boris Johnson and... Yeah, I mean, he's got a suit on. He's just walking down the street, and Zelensky's in his, you know, fatigues or whatever, like he's, you know, Joe Schmo there. Um, <laughs> these are world. I mean, whatever about Zelensky, but Boris Johnson. I mean, he's that'd be like Biden or whoever walking down the street. <sighs> You're trying to push this narrative that Russia's invading and taking over the country and killing babies, but yet you're gonna have a world leader just strolling down the street of. Of Kiev, Ukraine, you know, like it's something doesn't add up there, but nonetheless, all right, guys, I'm gonna go ahead and call it a day there. Uh, make sure you join me on Wednesday, where I will discuss more about Durham and uh, and whatever else pops up, and and uh, hopefully I don't talk your ear off for an hour and fifteen minutes like I did today, but you never know, things happen. All right, guys, so today is. What is today? April 10th, 2022. Please, guys, follow us on social media. Uh, Don't Tread on America on Facebook and Instagram. DTOM underscore 1775 on Twitter. And like I said, if you want to go on TikTok and follow me, cool. I don't really post a lot of stuff. I'll be honest with you. I wish I could get more into doing that. But something I'm going to start doing uh, on future shows. Because I, I like to. I want to try and start doing more live shows. Um 
I can't really record and put put it on YouTube because I keep on getting kicked off and keep I mean, getting demonetized and stuff. So it's literally a waste of my time. So I was talking to a guy, the, the gentleman that DJ'd my son's uh, wedding, and every Thursday he does a live whatever on Facebook. So I'm gonna give that a shot, maybe Wednesday, and uh, see how it goes. But we'll see. So with that being said, follow us on Facebook at Don't Tread on America. You'll get a, an alert for a live feed. And if you feel like seeing my ugly face, cool. Mainly what I need you guys to do is please share this on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. If you give us a five-star rating and please share this with your friends, whether they're like-minded or not. Um, and once again, uh, please listen to the Moon Landing Conspiracy Theory Show, Detom Files. Um, if you can get past the the drunken last hour of the show, it's pretty funny. I thought it was, I was cracking up and we had some things and we'll continue it hopefully this week. We'll see. All right, guys, you guys have a great day and uh, be safe out there and uh, have a great Sunday. Talk to you later.